Welcome back to Black Hills Influence, Brian and Chris with you this morning, today, tonight. We appreciate you joining us. Today, Chris and I want to talk to you a little bit about struggle. Uh, Struggling sucks, as we all know. It's nothing uh, to question, but I think we know it's an inherent part of life. Uh, I think it's very helpful for growth. Um, but we have to remember that nobody wakes up in the morning, crosses their fingers, and says, man, I really hope today I am driving the struggle bus. Beep, beep. Yeah, uh, but here we are. Um, I The one thing nobody talks about is that we're all struggling with something. I don't know a single person that isn't struggling with something, whether it be um, business owner friends of mine that are struggling to find employees talked about that a couple weeks ago. There's people that are struggling with their body image. They want to lose some weight. There's people struggling in school, uh, getting bad grades, potentially. Uh, whatever the case would be, everybody has a struggle. Um, and we kind of made a list of 10 things uh, that people most often struggle with. Uh, did a little bit of a poll based on just Facebook posts and things like that from friends and family. This isn't a list of the biggest struggle to the worst struggle, I guess, or maybe the most significant struggle to the least struggle, um, but struggle nonetheless, regardless of where you might be. Before we start this list, Chris, is there anything you're struggling with? Yeah. <laughs> we all have something. Uh, we all struggle, Ryan. Yeah. Um, you already prepaced that. Um I guess I'm struggling. It's I a season. Laid that on. It's I not, laid that it's, on. Yeah, it's, it's a season, I'll say. Sure. A struggle season. And you go through so much struggle over a period of time that it just becomes normal to you that you don't really think any different of it. You're just like, well, this is this is normal. This life. is what we're doing, yeah. and we're just gonna have to go through it. Like I Bought a house with my wife. A couple years ago. A couple of years ago. Yeah, we're coming up on two years. Yeah. And it's given us some problems. Our appliances dying, a water line breaking. You, you name it, we've kind of been dealing with it slowly and surely. But so I guess struggling to make it what we want of it. Um, you know, there's always the struggle of parenting. There's the struggle of work-life balance there's the struggle of financial woes uh i mean you name it everyone has a different everybody has a struggle everyone has a struggle but i think everyone has a lot of the same struggles but it it has like a like a fader on it or a degree of what that struggle is so your financial struggle might be a one out of ten versus someone else who's like 10 out of 10 because they're unemployed. They're waiting for that stimulus check to show up so they can buy food, that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, we are so very lucky to be in the Black Hills and to be open as a state and and have business be booming like it is. 
Um, could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, every morning I just thank my lucky stars and, and, and God saying, hey, thank you for giving us what we have. Yeah. Because it could be a lot worse. So would would if you ask me to pinpoint one struggle over yeah. another yeah. i'm just i'm just going to give you the the miss america answer is all, all of it <laughs> well that's you know <clears throat> that's the point right is we all have something or some things that we are dealing with in our everyday life i i don't know a single person doesn't have any struggle i already mentioned that but i think there's some people that struggle less than others do. Sure. But I do think those people that are struggling less from a outwardly perspective, I think those people might handle struggle well. Yeah. Right? You know, you mentioned the 1 out of 10 and 10 out of 10. But if somebody struggles well, they might have an out of 30 quota they could keep up. Right. They have... You know what I mean? They have a, be- they have a bigger bandwidth of struggle or... Struggle and stress keep going back and forth in my head as being almost the sure. same thing. And it can be. But it can be, but stress, you see my point. Stress and struggle can be a positive thing, too. Correct. Correct. I want to run through these 10 things real quick okay. just to let you know uh, that everybody has a lot of these thoughts. Number one, I compare myself way too often. I think that's something that we all struggle with in regards to, I mentioned body image, you know, scrolling through Instagram and people say, man, I wish I looked like that. Or, man, why do I have so many stretch marks? Or I wish I was a little bit taller. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, you're right. comparing yourself way too often. Uh, and it's just, it's it's a struggle. I get it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I worry a lot. This is a tough one. That can have a huge, like I said, a whole different ball field on that. Because mm-hmm. you could be worrying about Am I a good parent? Am I a good spouse? Am I a good employee, employer? Mm-hmm. Are we going to make rent today? <laughs> you know, it's worrying about stuff is hard because in the moment, if you're worrying about something in the future, it doesn't help you. Whatever that thing is may or may not happen, mm-hmm. but why are you? putting yourself into a stressful or struggling situation two weeks ahead of time and ruining that time up until the event right. that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. It's I've struggled with it before about worrying about stuff that might happen. Well, all I'm doing is struggling or worrying or stressing ahead of time on stuff that might not even happen. So all you're doing is wasting energy and bandwidth on something that might happen by worrying mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, sometimes I don't feel like I am good enough. This one's hard. Preach. This one's very hard. Um, I struggle with this on a personal level in my marriage. Like sometimes I say, I don't deserve, I am not good enough for my wife, for my kids, for the life that we have. Sure. Because it's like, I don't deserve any of this. I know. I think it, you know, let's touch back on one of our sessions with Tom Johnson. Yeah. Um, You know, he talked about positive thinking and saying instead of, um, I have to do this is I get to do this as an opportunity. And, 
you know, hearing that from him, and I've heard this a, a few times other than that, but like it really hit home for me because, yeah, my wife, I don't deserve my wife. She's, yeah. she's fantastic. We both married up. Yeah, we definitely did. Go and, back to the Mother's Day episode. <laughs> yeah, please go back to that <laughs> that show. Um, but knowing that, obviously, she, she chose me for a reason. I don't know what reason that is. You can come up with your own <laughs> synopsis on that. But obviously, we're there for a reason. It works for a reason. Yep. And I'm very thankful for that. And instead of, yeah, I don't deserve my wife. Okay, I could say that day in and day out, whatever. Mm-hmm. But if I look at it as more of an opportunity, like, hey, I have the wife that I have for good good points and reasons so i'm like i said it, it's all about opportunities and, and your positive thinking and spin on things it eventually you have to and this is what i finally came to the conclusion of was you know i am enough right you go years or whatever decades with a spouse with an employer that saying I am not good enough for this, et cetera, et cetera. But eventually you got to say to yourself and start to believe in it that I am enough. Like mm-hmm. you said, there is a reason why I'm here. There is a reason why it still works. I am enough. And once once that switch happens, you still fall into that dark well, yeah, clause there's, there's once times. in a while. Yeah. But you got to tell yourself eventually that I am good enough. I am enough for her. I am enough for them. I do deserve it. You know. Whatever the case may be. Right. Uh, I try to be perfect at everything. <laughs> this one's tough. I, I, uh, there's a lot of projects I do where I go, I just start it by knowing this isn't going to be perfect, <laughs> which is terrible. You have a precursor of, yeah. look, this is going to be the good old college yeah. effort. Yeah, good old college try just to get it done. But I, but I am super hard on myself when I do graphic design and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, there's a reason why I don't. Uh, design anything that is going to be mine because I'm so hard on myself. Right. Well, I think for ourselves, we set the bar so high that you're looking for perfection because you're not happy with your performance. Let's let's say, I mean, even like when I go drumming. Sure. I will play a song as, as close to the record as I can play it, but as soon as I'm done or there's a recording of me or something like, you, you know, you process tape, you critique you, yourself, you go, Oh crap, I could have done that better. Yeah. Or I could have done this or whatever. And and you're a lot harder on yourself because you're the one in control of that. Correct. Versus yep. someone else didn't catch the ball when you threw it to them, whatever. You know what I mean? Well, using your drumming example to the normal person, your drumming, your music ability is amazing, right? Because the normal person doesn't have that skill or that talent, right? You know, so regardless of my ability to do things, your ability to do things, whatever, that is perfect in some people's eyes because they can't do it. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's a good reminder that you don't have to be perfect at everything, obviously, but give her the old college try. It's actually going to be better than 95% of the people. Right, because, you know, like I said, you set the bar so high, like, what's 80% 
of let's say you give a hundred percent, but it's like it hits eighty percent. That's still really good. It's still seventy eight percent higher than most people. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's mm-hmm. why I like to look at it. Um, this next one is one of the hardest that I think anybody could ever list out. I care way too much about what other people think. Yep, <laughs> I, I take a moment to breathe about that. Yeah. It, it's it's funny, but it's not because yeah. it's funny to those people that get it mm-hmm. and it's not funny at the same time because we still struggle with that it's to me yeah that's probably one of the biggest struggles that we have myself included yep i'm gonna read this short little paragraph that came with this i'll admit it i am a struggling people pleaser i get caught up in making people happy a lot i think we're all guilty yep. of that well not everybody's guilty of that but i am i want people to like me At times, I try and gain the world. Sometimes I allow myself to get wrapped up in what other people say. But here's the thing. The world will always let us down. There will always be people that don't like us. We have to learn how to boldly and confidently be who we are to ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not here to live for the world, so we shouldn't waste so much energy on trying to please it. Yeah. It's, It's so hard. Because you want people, as humans, I think we want people to like us. We want other humans to like us. We want dogs to like us. We want to be likable people. But at the end of the day, all we have is ourselves and our family. Right? I don't think I'm too far-fetched when I say that. Um, but being being a business owner, being in sales, whatever, you got to be half of a people pleaser. But sometimes you got to say no, too. Yeah. I think... You know, something that drives me nuts about that paragraph mm-hmm. is you you have people, and again, I'm yeah. one of these. We're all guilty. We are guilty. We are not this. saying that we are not at fault. Is you try to be a people pleaser, and that's been your mantra forever. Like, sure. I want people to like That's me. how you've lived this. your life. That's right. how you've built yourself to where you and are And then it, it almost kind of dilutes your confidence. Because if you're trying to sell something, mm-hmm. you go, well, I can make this work for you. They're like, no, I want more. Yeah. And you're like, okay, no problem. Yeah. I'll and figure you it do out. that. I'll do it. And then there's going to be a time that's going to have you stand your ground. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And people are going to hate you for it. Yeah. Because they're so used to you saying... Yes, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. Yes, I can work extra shift this weekend. Yes, I can work at night. Yes, I can change my life around to better fit yours. Right. But eventually you have to say this is enough. Yes. I'm out. And and that's going to change the whole dynamic. Yep. But when you do that, when you stand your ground in a rightful place, Correct. let's say. Yeah, yeah. You're going to grow so much from that and people that see that transition too are going to respect you a lot more because you believe in your product. You believe in yourself yeah. more because you're like, this is what it is. No more of discounts or no more of me giving you whatever yeah. you need. You're not going to walk all over me anymore. Right. I'm yeah. not going to be accessible a hundred percent of the time. I'm going to enjoy my life and do yeah. this. Yeah. So, and what drives me nuts Sorry, I went off on a tangent. It happens. Go figure. Um, are the people that say that, they're like, I'm confident. 
no more of this. Mm -hmm. This isn't going to happen. And then the first person that comes up to their door and say, hey, Tammy, can you work an extra shift? Yeah, Yeah, no no problem. Yeah, 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 I got you. Can you be a welcome mat for us on Saturday? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can. Hate the flip-flop. It, but I do that. I do that too. I, I really do. I admire the want, right, to be a people pleaser, and I am a people pleaser, right, for most things. Especially if you're a client or a friend or family, I'm gonna try and do most of what I can to help you, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm just trying to, in my eyes, trying to be a better person, a good person, right? But there comes a time, and it happens twice a month where I got to tell somebody no because there are times where I would rather just sit at home on a Saturday afternoon with my kids than go golfing, for example, right? I don't have anything else going on, so to say. I have nothing in my planner, which is the next part, but I'm not going to do it just because you want me to do it. I want to do it because I want to do it. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Next one, I can sometimes be a control freak. Depends on the situation, but I fall into I this feel category. attacked a little. No, stop. I mean, I, there, you, I think everybody has a good idea of somebody that fits into that struggle of trying to be a control freak. And I think if you are that person, I think it's really hard to get out of that because I think those people are almost the hardest on themselves. So what they've done throughout the process of their life growing up professionally, personally, whatever, is they've learned that if they can control every step of something that's happening, Mm. it'll go to their storyline. Right. Right. But also, I think there's a little bit of people pleaser involved there because if they can do all the steps, they can control the outcome. And if the outcome doesn't happen that they think is going to happen, they will shoulder that burden so nobody else has to. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. So I think... A lot of those people, they're uh, control freaks, are not trying to be difficult. I think almost they're trying to be people pleasers in, in, the, right. in their heart of hearts. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I think all of the, all of these things that are listed mm-hmm. are really learned behaviors, whether you learned them from your parents or your peers. Or your circumstance. Or your circumstance. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it's a learned behavior because... You've had these conversations with your circle of friends like, I don't think I'm good enough. I'm a people pleaser. I constantly need to plan my life. Yep. And there's going to be a friend in there. I know it. That's going to go, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. You can stop this. Life will continue to move forward. The sun will come up tomorrow. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel. You don't need to worry about this anymore. Yep. Like... Take the moment in. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are plan- too far planning ahead that they forget to see that they're on their family vacation. They're not seeing their kids play. Correct. Or whatever. They're you know so what I mean? worried. They're so worried about, okay, when we get back, we got all, a ton of laundry to do. We got to get the, the yeah. mow the lawn. We got to do this. I do that. Enjoy the moment. Yep. You know, life's way too short to be dealing with half of this stuff. It, it's hard enough as it is. It's part of the struggle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm pretty selfish. Um, I think this totally goes against the people pleaser thing uh, of being selfish. It's, 
I'll read this. I get so wrapped up in what I'm doing in my own checklist, in my own path, that I forget to help others fulfill whatever it is they're called to do, meaning you only are going to worry about yourself and not care about anybody else's dreams or goals or how you can help them. Part of me says that's okay, but the other half of me says... What are you, you here can, for? Correct. Yeah, if you can fit yourself into somebody else's story and benefit them, I think you should be doing that. Right. But uh, two, three more. Uh, I dwell on things. I think that goes back to worrying. Um, it's a struggle for a lot of people to dwell on something that happened in the past. You know, the worrying, in my opinion, is kind of the pretense before an event or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think the dwelling is what happens afterwards. Yep. Right. I talk all the time on here about my dad passing away. I was 19 years old. It was three days after my birthday. I used to dwell on that a lot of why didn't I go home more my freshman year of college to see him? Because I didn't know that I had such limited time. Right. I dwelled on that and almost took it in, not as my fault, but it was a fault of mine. Right. So, right. so I dwelled on that. Like, I didn't take enough time. It's my fault. I didn't go home enough. It, I should have. I used to dwell on it to the point where it was detrimental to me after he's already passed away. I, dwelling right. on it isn't going to bring him back. Yep. Right? Dwelling yep. on something isn't going to get your job back. Dwelling on something isn't going to get your wife or husband back. Dwelling on something isn't going to change anything. So it's a struggle for people to dwell on it because it doesn't help. I can be impatient. This is something I struggle with with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah. If you're a parent, you know this struggle oh, quite, quite a bit. Just getting out of the house. My two and four-year-old, they have no sense of urgency with anything. Nope. Ugh. But I understand. I mean, when it comes to professional life and the reason why you're listening today, I mean, we can all be impatient with vendors. We can all be impatient with employees. We can all be impatient with where we're at in our career path. Yeah. Right? We can be impatient. Um, <laughs> this is funny. I'm going to read this quick because whoever wrote this is hilarious. I can be impatient, especially when it comes to food. Sometimes I can get a little hangry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're dealing with it right now. And if you go out to eat at a restaurant, service is slow right now. Right? Right. Just by nature. We dealt with this with lunch today. Yep. Just by nature of the business right now. Because everybody's short-staffed. The kitchen's going to be short-staffed, even though you can't see them half the time. I get angry, and I get impatient. I think that's a funny example. Um, last one, which is pretty hard. I expect way too much. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know... Just listing all those together, they almost they're they're connected with each other. Yeah, hundred percent. And it feels like, and I'm going to say it like a web, because it's a downward spiral if one goes and affects you. Correct. Because like I'm not good enough. Well, why am I not good enough? Then you start dwelling on it, and then all these other things start coming into play and. It, it can 
ruin a lot of things for you, mm-hmm. especially if you if you don't have some of those positive conversations or have a mentor, have a mentor have- or something like that to like break some of that <laughs> stuff down because if one thing goes wrong and then the next thing goes wrong and then you just keep going and going and going in a, in that cycle, all of those things are going to start digging at you. And that's a hard place to get out of. The bar is set very high at times. I have ideas in my head of what I want to accomplish, what I want to impress upon others, how I want others to react and what I want others to do. But I've realized lately how much better life is when you just give and not worry so much about the taking. It's so much better when you give without expecting anything in return. Mm-hmm. Completely I, agree on that. And I, it goes, I've talked about this in a couple episodes about people coming in here just to talk with me about this is where I'm at. What do you think? Right. Yep. When people come in here, obviously I expect nothing from them, but I try and push everything to them of, because most of the time I've been in that situation before, bad credit, underwater on loans, I'm just in a bad spot, right? But when you're in that dark hole, it's hard to see out of it. But if you have somebody that's up above you trying to help you on how to climb out of that damn hole, it's going to help. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but previously, I mean, I've expected way too much out of those conversations, but I've learned that by helping somebody, I don't I don't expect anything back from these people. I think once you let go of that too, yeah. once you let go of that expectation of other people, of yourself, whatever, life gets pretty fun. It's very freeing yeah. almost. It's very freeing. You know, and I think it goes down to even the simplest things like, you're walking into the grocery store and you hold the door for somebody you know i hold the door for almost everybody that i can and i say have a good afternoon have a good night have a good morning you know whatever i don't expect any of them to say thank you right because in that day in that moment they might be having the worst possible day of their lives yeah but if i can show them just a little bit of compassion and hold the door for them and not expect anything back I can go on through my day. But I know some people, and I've been there before, where if I hold the door for them or if they don't hold the door for me and they either don't say thank you or they don't hold the door for me, I would hit them with my car, right? (laughs) Not really, but But you understand where I'm going. You're welcome. Yeah, exactly. So don't expect too much. Um, Now, we have three quick pieces of I'll say advice in regards to struggling because I'm a big fan of the struggle, right? I'm a big fan of the process. It's like, it's why I love losing. It's the journey, not the destination. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no cliche here. I'm a big, we've talked about this a little bit personally and uh, on actual episodes of it's really hard to be a business coach when you've never started a business before. It's really hard to get business advice when you've never ran a business before. It's, it's, I mean, I shouldn't say hard. It's very easy to give the advice, but it's easy for me to go, you're full of shit too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just my point is it's, it's hard to be an expert when you 
yourself have not gone through Correct. such a thing. Sort of, yeah. I have one piece of info for this section. Struggle is better for performance eventually. If initial performance is all you care about, struggle isn't necessarily going to help you. But if you care about long-term performance, as you should, then your struggle will likely pay off. Meaning, if you've been in the trenches, grinding on a business for 10 years, and it finally pops, and all of a sudden you're making money and things are great, you will appreciate that struggle a hell of a lot more than if you quit six months in at the start. Right. Right. Even though the struggle was necessary for business success in this example, uh, it's better for performance eventually. Your overnight success takes about six years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love something that. like that. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many successful people that you look at, you know, Michael Jordan. I'm just throwing that Whatever. out there. Yeah. He got cut from his high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. He struggled. Walt Disney. He was fired from a newspaper because he had no imagination. <laughs> Think of that. Think of that. I mean, things like that. Research shows that people who struggle with a problem on their own before receiving assistance actually perform better than people who haven't had to struggle on the second time that they encounter a problem. I wrote a note next to this. In my opinion, if you grew up poor, disenfranchised, in a small town, whatever the case may be, where almost the chips were stacked against you, I think in the long run, through the struggle, you're actually more powerful and more successful than somebody who hasn't had to struggle growing up, mm-hmm. who hasn't even taken the time to right. struggle. They haven't had the, I don't need to worry about that. I, You know what I mean? Yeah. Michael Jordan, for example, you know, growing up where he did, getting cut from the, uh, getting cut from the team and ends up being the greatest of all time. In my opinion, we don't know this, obviously, but in my opinion, if he was never cut from that team, he wouldn't have been who he, he have, was because yeah. he, he didn't have, have to work so hard. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I love that success story of struggling and struggling and struggling when you're all you're doing is building yourself up more with strength and knowledge and everything else. Uh, and, and, and there's no timeline. Correct. Either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many successful people that didn't make their success until they were in their 40s, their 50s, or even their 60s. I mean, they've learned a lot since then. Yeah. They've struggled a lot since then. But just because you're 20-something or even 30-something. Whatever. And you don't own your own business or you're not the president and CEO of whatever. (laughs) It does not mean that that's it. That you were a complete failure. Yep. Because there are people out there that have yet to hit their high mark. Yep. And they're in their 40s. They're in their 50s. Yeah. If you're 40 today, theoretically, you are only halfway through your working life. Right? If you don't start a real career until you're 20 years old. 
Sure. And you're 40. You're only 20 years in. And if you're not going to retire until you're 60, you have 20 years to go. So look at the progress that you've made from 20 years old to 40 years old. Triple that is where you'll be by 60 because of knowing what you know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I talk to people about this all the time. I would rather partner with somebody, go to lunch with somebody, be with somebody that has had five failed businesses for whatever reason than somebody that has never started a business. Because you can talk about the problems that they had and learn from them. Yep. Right? And use it as a case study. Yeah. What not to do, what have you learned that works? Correct. And move forward. Correct. Regardless of industry, age, experience, I'd rather go to lunch with that person than somebody that has never started one and failed or started one and been successful. And and just because you may be older... Doesn't matter. Doesn't mean you can't start that successful thing. Not at all. Some of the most successful people I know didn't start their quote-unquote businesses or didn't start their life career or the most successful thing they've ever done until they were 50 years old, right? And it could be everything from they're a painter, right? Didn't discover their love of painting until they were 50 years old and now they're a very successful painter to a business person that starts a business at 50 years old. And in the 10 years that I knew them from 50 to 60 in their age, they learned more and knew more and were more successful than they were from 20 years old to 50 years old. Yeah. Right. Because of the struggles that they had in their previous employments or previous life. Struggling trumps ease in the long term. Uh, struggle is a cruel bitch, but a good one. <laughs> uh, people learn more when they struggle. You probably hate this as much as I do, but it is true. I love that. Uh, last part here. Struggle makes you less resistant to trying something new. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Um, to where if you were in a business and you struggled, you started a new industry, right? You got into the car industry and you struggled selling cars. You might say that selling isn't for you because you struggled selling cars. Right. Right. But I would argue that even if you can't make it selling cars, you can probably really make it selling hot tubs. Or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. You know, just because you can't sell cars or couldn't sell cars doesn't mean you can't sell vacuums, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but it does make you, it messes with your psyche a little bit. Struggle makes you less resistant to trying something new. And I think it really drags people down when they fail in an industry, in a job title, whatever, because the the struggle was not worth it for them. Yeah. And you got to kind of stick it out after a failure. Yep. Because once that's happened, you know not to do it again, right? So you just keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. Keep growing. And I think you're going to be fine. I have four sentences here to read, and then we'll finish this up. Spinning your wheels with a problem and realizing that your attempts to solve it aren't working forces you to try new things you probably wouldn't try if things were sailing along smoothly. Maybe even things you've thought of trying before but didn't want to. 
Struggle forces you to reinvent your approach to the problem in a new way because you have to. Nothing else you've tried hasn't worked yet. Comfort zones and tried and true solutions are fine when your work is a piece of cake, but the discomfort of struggle eventually forces you to think and do differently. And that's where we'll leave it. We understand that everybody is struggling. We understand that every single person has a specific struggle, whether they want to believe it or not, mm-hmm. whether that they let other people know or not. Just know Chris and I are here fighting the good fight. We've been there. We are there. Yeah. We're um, still in it. We're still in it. You know, we're still... We haven't written any books yet. We haven't written any books, but we are getting ready to pull into the gas station to fill up the struggle bus because we're going to keep going. So, And if you want to hop on with us, (laughs) we got room. Yeah. We appreciate you joining us. Um, Again, if you have any questions, want to shoot us a message, blackhillsinfluence.com. Check us out on the Facebook page, Black Hills Influence Podcast. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 